Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. As a Sirius XM and CNN host, I'm known for speaking, but frankly, I read for a living. I need to know what to say, and so I consume over two dozen newspapers and websites daily. I read opposing views and studies and court cases and orders and op-eds just so I can discuss current events on radio and television. But my favorite reading? Books. Old school. And my favorite interviews? are with book authors. Book Club with Michael Smirconish is now in session. Lend me your ears for the next 10 to 15 minutes and you will gain a tremendous insight into the future composition of this country. A demographer by the name of William H. Fry has just published a brand new book. It's terrific. It's called Diversity Explosion, How New Racial Demographics Are Remaking America. Mr. Fry, thanks so much for being here. Oh, it's good to be with you. You know, this is a book that should be on the shelf of any political strategist or campaign manager worth his or her salt going forward. Well, uh, you know, I do think we're in the middle of a huge transformation in the United States that if people aren't aware of it, and I think a lot of people aren't, really should be. This is a time where uh, this century is going to have a new Race, racial and ethnic uh, dramatic transformation that we, we haven't seen before. I, I, I make it a parallel to what the baby boom was in the second half of the last century. New minorities, Hispanics, Asians, 
multiracial persons are going to be an important driving force, not only in the politics of this country, but, but pretty much everywhere. And the results of the last census, the new census projections, and the stuff I've been analyzing, I think has just blown me away. And, and that's what I've tried to write about. In well, this and I think you did a very effective job. Now, many people banty about 2050. I myself have said, you know, by 2050, things will have changed in this country. But very early in the book, you say the critical year was 2011. What happened in 2011? Well, in 2011, it's the first time in our history that we had fewer white babies than minority babies. The combined babies of blacks, Hispanics, Asians, and all the other groups was bigger than the number of white babies. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. We're going to move that ahead as we move further into the century. So it's those babies who grow up and have their own babies that are really going to most impact the way the country looks by 2050, in which there will be no racial majority in this country. That's right. And, and in fact, we already, in another three years, are going to have no racial minority among the under-18 population. And by 2027, it'll be no, no racial minority for the under-30 population. It'll continue on that road until uh, the whole population gets to that And it's, it's not so much due to immigration, at least immigration at present, but rather it's all about birth rates. It may be immigration in the past, but it's birth rates going forward that are going to change everything. That's right. It's a little bit complicated in the sense that it's not that these new minorities are having lots and lots and lots of births on an individual basis, but because they're a younger population, especially Hispanics, there are many more women in their childbearing ages among the Hispanic population than, say, among whites. And as a result, even if they have a little bit higher birth rate, it means that we're going to have a lot more births, which is really going to be good for this country because the white population will soon decline. The, the white population is just not reproducing at the rate of these other groups. Yes, it's almost the opposite situation for whites than it is for Hispanics. It's the white population is an aging population. Increasingly fewer women are going to be in those childbearing years. So it's not like they're not having any children. It's just there are fewer baby makers, <laughs> I guess you could say, among the white population. And that's going to continue because... Uh, uh, we're not getting a lot of white immigrants. We don't expect to have a lot of white immigrants. And soon we're going to have more white deaths than births in the United States. You talk in the book about the resulting cultural generation gap, and you were just making reference to it. What is that? Well, I have a, a very simple statistical model, and that is if you look at people over age 50 in the United States, more than 70% of them are white, and the biggest uh, racial minority are blacks. If you look at people under age 35 in the United States, over 40% of them are minorities, and most of those, min a large, the largest minority of that group are Hispanics. This younger group is a group that's much more uh, open, I guess you could say, to the new minorities. There's much more interracial dating, interracial marriage, a very different experience than the older white population. And why there's a gap and where that gap shows up is in politics. A lot of the older white population somehow feels a disconnect with that younger population. They are not so much in favor of social programs, of uh, programs related to education, social safety net programs, because they don't see them as affecting themselves or their own children, whereas the younger population is very much in favor of those kinds of, those kinds of programs. They, at this point in time, are voting primarily Democratic, the older population is voting primarily Republican, but that could change as both parties get to see 
uh, where most of the votes are going to be coming from in the future. Let me read a paragraph from the book. Yet this youth-driven diversity surge is also creating a cultural generation gap between the diverse youth population and the growing older, still predominantly white population. This gap is reflected in negative attitudes among older whites toward immigration, new minority growth, and big government programs that cater to the real economic and educational needs of America's younger, more diverse population. It has shown up in politics, among other places, as was evident in the demographic voting patterns in the 2012 election of Barack Obama. And then you say this, the gap is not a result of racist attitudes per se. It reflects the social distance between minority youth and older population that does not feel a personal connection with young adults and children who are not their children and their grandchildren. I think as I read that and as I read it aloud, I'm sure that many listeners can envision relatives or people in their social circle or social orbit who fit that pattern. Yeah, I think that's right, and it's not uncommon. You know, a lot of baby boomers grew up in a period where we didn't have a lot of immigration in the United States. The 50s, the 60s, the early 70s, a lot of their friends, a lot of their networks uh, were, you know, U.S.-born Americans. Uh, Even they didn't have much, if they're white, they didn't have much contact with blacks because blacks were very segregated back then. So, you know, it's kind of a natural way of thinking, but I think as these older people start seeing the importance the demographic importance, the demographic force of these younger people and the need that we're going to have to have them well-educated in our labor force, they're going to come to understand why it's important to have these social programs, why it's important to have bridges to this younger generation. We're not there yet, but I think we're going to get there with the help of uh, some enlightened political leadership along the way. This is William Fry. The book is called Diversity Explosion. This is the Book Club with Michael Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive. Then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. 
Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This is a message for anyone with high LDLC or bad cholesterol who has had or is at risk of having a cardiovascular adverse event. Merck is studying an investigational medication to see whether it may help lower the risk of future cardiovascular adverse events. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death worldwide. And in the United States alone, there are over 73 million people living with high LDLC. To learn about whether you may qualify, visit CoralReefStudies.com now. Again, that is C-O-R-A-L-R-E-E-F-S-T-U-D-I-E-S dot com. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. This is William Fry. The book is called Diversity Explosion. Let me back up one step because I get the argument that the, the changes we're now seeing are as a result of birth patterns more than they are immigration Although, if you look backward, immigration would explain some of these births. And and here's a question you don't address in the book, and I don't know if you're able to address. So the change that we're witnessing, is that in large part predicated on illegal immigration, children who were born here and then are bestowed with citizenship, or basically people who were within the system playing by the rules? That'll be a question on many listeners' minds, I know. Yes, Absolutely. Primarily, we're talking about legal immigrants coming to the United States and having children, and their children, of course, are American citizens at the same time. There are, of course, a portion, not a majority, not even close to a majority of these uh, uh, Hispanics who are foreign-born in the United States who are here as an undocumented matter. But the, the vast majority of the new minority growth in the United States due to the births that we're going to see in the next decade or two and beyond uh, are as a result of legal immigration to the United States of their parents and grandparents. And uh, as I said before, and as you mentioned, going forward, it's not immigration, legal or illegal, that's going to be the cause of this growth, but the birth to the people who are already here. There are a lot of charts in the book with telling data, but the one that really jumped out to me was on, is on page 31, and I recognize... I'm the only one holding a copy of the book in my hands right now, which is fine. But let me try and explain this. So it's under the headline of cultural generation gap. If you look at the composition of those who are 85 plus in the United States, they are 85 percent white. They are 7 percent black. They are 5 percent, I'll say, other. Those are the 85 pluses. If you look at those who are, say, under five years of age, in comparison to the 85% who are white, they are only 50%, 51% white. They are 14% black. They are 4% Asian. They are 25% Hispanic. 
I mean, there it all is in one illustration. And so, you know, the, the older portion of our country tends to be very white. The younger portion of our country is very, very mixed. Yes, and, you know, this chart actually shows the difference between America's past and America's future. Uh, as we move that under-5 population up 20 years, right. 30 years, they're going to be the, the basic part of our labor force, hopefully the basic part of a, of a big middle-class population in the United States. And that's really what we have to prepare for. I think this chart, more than anything else in the book, I think you put your finger on it, uh, really tells the story in a nutshell. I don't want to give it all away for free, but let me just run through quickly, if I might, a, a few other groups, and we'll play a lightning round, okay? <laughs> not, not much gets said or written about Asians, but you make some significant observations about Asians. Give me a takeaway. Well, you know, the Asians really are the fastest-growing new minority group in the United States, uh, immigrant minority group in the United States. Not one particular nationality dominates them all, but a fast-growing group are uh, Asian Indians who are leading the way in the new places that are getting lots of Asians. It's kind of interesting. They're the most educated of all the Asian groups, and they're the ones that are most dispersed across the country, although all of the Asian groups are doing quite well on the educational attainment model. It's a very, very important group for us, and I think as our immigration patterns may change over time, probably will wind up getting more Asians uh, than maybe even from Latin America as, as we go further. But uh, they're going to be a really key part of our country. Uh, their parents are very, the, the, the children of these Asians, their parents are very concerned that they get, they get good educations. And uh, I think uh, for that reason, they're going to be an important part of our labor force. Something we should not conflate, I did before reading your book, Hispanics and Mexicans. Yes, absolutely. Uh, most yeah, there's, a, there's a common perception that Hispanics are Mexican immigrants. <laughs> None of that is true. Uh, most Hispanics are not Mexicans. Uh, most Mexicans are are not foreign are not na- are, are not foreign born. And uh, so we have many other uh, Latin American groups coming to the United States, all with higher growth rates than Mexicans. Blacks are returning to the South. Yes, I think this is a sometimes under the radar uh, trend that people aren't looking at. Really, for the last 20 years, we've had huge migration of blacks back to the south. And for the first time between 2000 and 2010, a net loss of blacks in the states of New York, Michigan, Illinois, and California, places that used to attract lots of blacks. Why are they going to the south? Because the south is a prosperous place, and it's a place that blacks feel comfortable because of their history. I know I've heard some blacks say, uh, you know, I know there's discrimination there. I know there's a history there. But I know what to look for in the South. I don't know what to look for in other parts of the country. And for younger blacks, a place like Atlanta is a great place to network with other professional blacks. The more the time goes on, the more difficulty some have answering, well, I'm white, I'm black, I'm Asian, I'm Hispanic, because of the so-called marrying out. Who's marrying out the most? Well, the biggest outmarriage categories are Hispanics and whites and Asians and whites in the United States. These are the new immigrant minorities who came Wait, to the say, United Wait, say that States. slowly. Hispanics and whites. Correct. And Asians and whites. That's correct. Are marrying out the most. That's correct. They have the highest rates of marriage. In fact, uh, you know, in a given year, something like 30% of new marriages among Hispanics and 30% of new marriages among Asians are outside of their... Does that mean that, that African-Americans are marrying out the least? 
Uh, the uh, the white population is marrying out the least, but among the minority population, that's right. African Americans are marrying out the least, but they also have shown a big increase in interracial marriage. You know, back in 1967, it was illegal in several states to have white-black interracial marriages, and that has improved dramatically since that time. You finished the book, and, and I'll make this our last point, and thank you for being so gracious with your time, with a conversation about race and politics I had on the program, uh, Mr. Fry, just two, three weeks ago, Neil Newhouse, who was Mitt Romney's pollster in 2012. Mm -hmm. And he made an observation, and I'm going to do it from memory, but I'm pretty sure I have it uh, accurate. He said that John McCain running against Barack Obama received 55% of the white vote, that Mitt Romney received 58% of the white vote against Obama in 2012, and that in 2016, given the models, much of which you're describing, in order for a Republican candidate, unless something changes to be victorious, they'll now need to reach 64 percent or attain 64 percent of the white vote. And it's all because of the changing demographics that you write about. So long as the Republican Party is is predicated on drawing from older white Americans, they need an increased share of that vote because of all the other change. Does that make sense to you? Uh, you know, those numbers are right. It doesn't make sense that the Republican Party just focuses on that white vote, and they're soon going to find that out <laughs> unless they sort of diversify their message to other groups. Well, the, the Demography word, is not on their side. The word is so overused, but they really do face an existential threat. <laughs> right? True. No, uh, that, that, that chart you were talking about where the older part of the population is mostly white, the younger part of the population is becoming more minority is one that's going to drive politics. And the Republicans, uh, I, I always say politicians are the best demographers. So I think that sooner or later, uh, Republican politicians will see this. But it factors very much into the immigration debate that's taking place in the country right now and, and truly the fire with which the GOP is playing, I say. Yeah, I think that's right. I think uh, they're trying to hang on to an America that doesn't exist anymore. As we've talked about, immigration anymore is not going to be the main driver of minority growth in this country. That debate really doesn't have much meaning. The book's terrific. Diversity Explosion. William Fry is the author, and I really appreciate your being here. Well, thank you for having me. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Listen to the Michael Smirconish program weekdays on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 and anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.